What in the wide, wide world of sports is going on here? Broadcasting live from the greatest city in the world. Austin, Texas, baby. It's Bucky and Aaron. You guys want to play some twos? You know what? Actually, we're kind of in the middle of a conversation. B and E. What's B and E? Bucky Godbolt, Aaron Hogan on the Horn 104.9 AM 1260 and hornfm.com with the Longhorns play and Austin talks sports. Wake up, everybody. No more sleeping in bed. No more back to thinking, time for thinking ahead. The world has changed so very much from what it used to be. There's so much hatred, war and poverty. Oh, wake up all the teachers, time to teach us. Oh, yes, sir, and yes, ma'am, you had better wake them up, get them up, get them going. What a weekend it was. What a four hours of fun and conversation it will be. Texas Longhorn season comes to an end in college basketball for 30 minutes. It looked for all the world like the Longhorns were headed to Houston to the final four, and then the final 10 minutes were all Miami, and the Hurricanes get the victory. Disappointing loss to a magical season, a magical run for the Longhorns. We'll certainly talk about it. Their brackets are busted. The Final Four is set in Houston. Half the Final Four is set in the women's side. Also had uh, quite the weekend throughout the capital city. Dramatic sweep for the Longhorn baseball team. Same for the Texas softball team. There was a NASCAR race at Circuit of the Americas. And uh, what a weekend at Austin Country Club. The final edition of the Dell Technologies match play. Uh, Austin FC had a match over the weekend. So a lot to do as we crank it up on a Monday. Hope you had a great weekend and we're here to talk about it. Uh, the good, the bad, and the ugly on this 27th of March. However you find us, appreciate you being there. Early bird always gets the worm. Whether you're on 104.9 on the FM dial, could be 1019 AM 1260, of course. And digitally, we're always there for you. Take us wherever you go on the Horn app, on your smart speaker, and always, Mr. Godbolt, uh, live, local, and digital at hornfm.com. Good morning to the soldiers at Fort Hood, Texas, the soldiers in the state of Texas, and all those that fight for us each and every day. Thank you so very much. During the weekend, the weekdays, the holidays, we appreciate what you do for us. Thank you so very much. It's going to start getting a little nicer around here. What a weekend. What a great weekend. It was absolutely great uh, weather-wise to be outside, but also to be watching and taking in sports. If you're like us and if you're listening to this show, you probably love sports. It was your weekend. We had a little bit of everything, uh, to say the least, throughout the capital city. You kind of pinch yourself. Uh, to live in this city and have all the uh, the activities and events that were happening simultaneously yesterday, really, uh, with the golf matches, with uh, the race at Coda, with uh, what was happening with the Longhorns and baseball and softball, and then, of course, the March Madness was exactly that. So, lot to recap. Appreciate you being there, and it's going to be a busy one. Your weekend was good, my friend? It was. I spent Saturday morning going up and down, uh, uh, watching the wild, looking at the wildflowers in Blanco, in the Blanco area off of 281 nice. in Johnson City. It was absolutely, what a show. The wildflowers are out there. We had that they little are. bit of rain on, or was it Thursday? Where we had some sprinkle, and boy, were they shining. They were just absolutely gorgeous on the highways. Beautiful blue bonnets and the wildflowers. Just awesome. What a great uh, what a great Easter as we get closer to Easter. If you're out there taking pictures, I saw folks taking those pictures out there with their kids, and there are tons out there. This is as good a show out there with the wildflowers than we've had about the last five years. It is spectacular. Yeah. There's some really nice viewing out there. And I can see them clearly now with my uh, procedure on Friday. There you go. So, uh, thanks to to you and Zay and everybody that uh, filled in on, you're always here, but uh, Zay for jumping in on Friday. Had my procedure for, to remove a cataract on Friday morning. And, man, I'm seeing without the uh, the help of assistance of glasses and back to 
to being good. So, yeah, I can see those wildflowers and saw all the events of the weekend. Hopefully you had a good one as well. Let's dive into the headlines. It's a very, very busy Monday morning. Uh, we'll hit the good, the bad, and the ugly, but let's get you caught up on all that went on. UBO Business Services brings it to you. Start with college hoops. And, yeah, for 30 minutes yesterday in Kansas City, it appeared the Texas Longhorns were going to roll into the Final Four for the first time in 20 years with the program. But that's when the Miami Hurricanes uh, had a different plan, and they took over the game. Final 10 minutes, took down the second-seeded Longhorns 88-81 to clinch their first-ever trip to the final weekend for that program. Hot shooting horns are up 12 at the half. And by the same number, halfway through the second half, but... Final 10-14 of the second half, Hurricanes ramped up their defense while the Horns went cold. Uh, Miami outscored Texas 33-14 from that point. They were led by their uh, tough matchup guard, uh, Jordan Miller. He had 27 points, while the ACC Player of the Year, Isaiah Wong, scored 12 of his 14 in the second half. Longhorn season comes to a disappointing end for a proud but upset uh, head coach, Rodney Terry. I mean, again, I love these guys. and Not only will I just love these guys for the time I got a chance to coach them, I'm going to love them for the rest of their lives. I'll be at their... At their weddings, I'll be, I'll be with the, you know talking to those guys when they have their firstborn, and uh, you know it was all about this team, man. And I, I, I enjoyed every single day of this journey with this group, and and I'm, I'm gonna really miss. I'm gonna really miss working with this group. So it was never about me; it was always about these guys. And I love these guys. Rodney Terry, highly emotional. On that front, there is a report from Horns 24-7 this morning and other and elsewhere that Rodney Terry will be offered the Texas head coaching job permanently after guiding the Longhorns to the Elite Eight. And of course, the year when he took over midway. Uh, if there are two sides can reach an agreement, an official announcement could be made by Tuesday. Final four set in Houston. Your back is busted, I'm, assure, I'm assuming. Four-seed UConn will meet ninth-seed of Florida Atlantic in one national semifinal, while two pair of five-seeds also headed to Houston, Miami, and San Diego State. Winners will meet one week from tonight for the national championship. Women's side, two teams have already clinched a trip to Dallas this weekend. LSU and Iowa have punched their ticket tonight. South Carolina will face Maryland. Ohio State scores off with Virginia Tech. Quite a weekend all over the capital city. Dishwalk Field, Texas baseball team finished off a three-game sweep of 14th-ranked Texas Tech, and they did it in dramatic fashion yesterday. 8-8, eight to eight, ninth inning at the dish. 2-0. and oh. The pinch. Swung on it, driven deep to left. This one's going. This one's going. This one is gone. Walking off Texas. Garrett Gilman with a walk-off home run that may still be in flight. Yeah, home run to left. Tom Barfield with a call yesterday. Longhorns finish off the sweep. They walked it off on Saturday as well. They're 3-0 in Big 12 play. They've won 14 straight. They'll be at Texas A&M on Tuesday. 10th-ranked Texas softball team also swept a set of three from Texas Tech. They finished it off 8-3 yesterday. They're playing well. High drama at Circuit of the Americas. Tyler Reddick held on through multiple late restarts to win the Echo Park Texas Grand Prix at Coda. It was Reddick's fourth cup win his first with his new racing team, 23-11 Racing. Not much, as, not as much drama as at Austin Country Club yesterday afternoon. Sam Burns rolled past Cameron Young 6-5, and five, and he wins the final edition of the Dell Technologies match play at Austin Country Club. Plenty of drama in the morning matches, though. Burns knocked off his good friend and the defending champion Scotty Scheffler in 21 holes. Took four extra, three extra holes to finish that thing yesterday. Uh, but Burns advances and, of course, went on to win it. Cameron Young needed extra holes to top Rory McElroy. McElroy, by the way, beat Scheffler in the consolation match. This segment brought to you by UBO Business Services. Great people, great service, endless possibilities. That's UBO Business Services. Visit them at ubeo.com. All right, the weekend that was, the good, the bad, and the ugly. What do you make of uh, the Longhorns' uh, disappointing end to a, to a fun run with uh, Rodney Terry and the Yeah, Horns? what a season. What a fantastic season for those guys, the way they played together. Just that, you know, the Xavier game was 
was uh, fantastic. This game was you get out to a nice lead, you play big. You know, on Friday I talked about this team being such a great offensive rebounding team. And, well, just for, for a bunch of not big guys, but everybody goes to the boards. They did that in the first half against Miami. and they, But it seemed like in the second half they played small. They didn't play as big, and the guards from Miami started getting in the paint and started making their shots. I mean, they got fantastic guards, but they didn't do it. They had them, they had them in check. And Marcus Carr, when you know we got that injury, he really couldn't cover their guard. I mean, that guy was too much. Yeah, that guy George was, Miller. Yeah, did. Miller was too much to handle. Once he once he came down with the injury, he just wasn't quick enough. And Miller started getting the corner on him, getting to the basket, and then Miami started getting those second shots. And I I think Texas still out rebounded them, but it just didn't seem like it. When it really, really started to matter, they didn't get those rebounds they were getting before. Yeah, I and mean, it was a as I say in the headlines. I mean, it was thirty minutes of dominant basketball by the Longhorns. It looked like the, you know, the the, the Sweet Sixteen game where they yeah. were just going to roll through a good Absolutely. team. Absolutely. I mean, for thirty minutes they were playing with that swagger and that confidence and that aggressiveness, and obviously the shots were falling in the first half and into the second half, uh, and then you know the, the, the you know Texas made seven three pointers in the first half, just three in the second half. Uh, went three for 13. Well, the ball went into Timmy Allen an awful lot, and it was like a dark hole in there once he got in there. Well, it never came back out. Well, look, this is, you know, the, we'll get some, because I know there were questionable officiating calls down the stretch, oh. but in the end, yeah, the they Longhorns, got too involved. Long, they did, the officials. But look, that's that's credit to Miami because they began to attack the paint. Yeah, they were uh, getting they to the went free to the basket. Line. Texas, the dribble drive was killing the Longhorns. They couldn't stay ahead of the, no. the, in front of their guys. And that's, look, Miami scored 89 points on Houston. In the Sweet 16 game, and Houston's got ferocious defense. The Longhorns have been playing great defense in this run, but Miami showed you, you know, why they're, you know, going to Final Four. They're really athletic. Uh, Texas couldn't stay in front of them, keep them out of the paint. And look, this was a game that that you you missed Dylan DeSue desperately. Oh yeah, you um, need a, you needed a big presence, you know. And, yeah. You know, Christian Bishop he played 22 minutes, but in the second half there was a stretch. It seemed like he wasn't in the game for a long, long time. Yeah, I, mean, I know he's not a big man, but. You know, he's tall, and there was nothing in the middle to stop those guys from getting in the paint. Uh, yeah, I mean, it was it was a, a, a – well, as I say, for 10 minutes, for 30 minutes they were playing with that confidence, and then Miami made the adjustments, and the, the game flipped. The game flipped, and uh, it was almost like Texas lost some confidence, and Miami started playing with a ton of it. And, you know, the, the, there was a point there going to the eight minute, the under eight-minute timeout where it felt like Rodney Terry would, maybe was going to call a timeout, but he didn't. He wanted to get under the under eight. And that's really when the game the game flipped. And uh, from that 10-minute point down to about the six-minute point of the game, Miami went on a 13-3 run and flipped it. And uh, Dylan DeSue, obviously, that was such a, a weird situation. Bone bruise in his foot, uh, got hurt in practice, and uh, tried to go in the Sweet 16 matchup. So that was a practice thing where he got hurt. Yeah, he, he wasn't it. in the game. Well, he actually hurt it at the end of the Penn State game. And then wasn't was progressing nicely and then had a setback on Thursday at practice and was unable to go. Played for about two minutes in the game. Yeah, Rodney Terry said he wanted to get him into a Sweet 16 game. They knew they wouldn't have him for much, and then he came back out in the boot uh, in the game on uh, on Friday night, uh, the victory there. And then so no Dylan DeSue yesterday was massive in this game. Christian Bishop, you know, as you said, tried. Then they went small, uh, but and, and just – they they needed that post presence. I mean, this would have been a team. You know, Miami runs a four guard lineup, and uh, Dylan DeSue would have been able to to attack the post the way he had been playing. He was the most outstanding player of the Big Twelve tournament. He was so good in the first weekend. That's exactly. Did the they type seem of, small late in the game? Yeah, though. they did. I mean, the rebounds were coming off, and this group. I mean, they just they they thrive on going to the basket, and not giving up second you know second shots, second chance shots, and then late in the game, or not late, around like you said, around that eight minute mark. 
They didn't get any rebounds. The rebounds, Miami would get them and put them right back up. Yeah, well, they they had the junkyard dog on the on the post there, and that's really what Miami's built around—a four-guard lineup that attacks. Uh, they don't shoot a lot of threes. I mean, at least they didn't in this game. They settled. They, and their big man's like a just six eight guy. Yeah, I mean, he is. I mean, that's strong. Right, six seven, six eight. Built like but a football a, player. Yeah, but a rebounding uh, menace down low, and that's really where Dylan DeSue could have made hay. Uh, and if you think back to last week with the uh, the win over Penn State, when the the outside shots weren't falling. They were able to go into Dylan DeSue, and he took over the game. They didn't have that option uh, yesterday, and it was just that's just disappointing that you get to this far and get to this point, and you're without one of your crucial pieces. And I was told that uh, they felt like Dylan DeSue would have been able to play in, in the Final Four if they could have gotten through yesterday and, and finished that game. Um, but yeah, obviously that he wasn't available yesterday, so you didn't have the interior presence. Uh, the the outside shots stopped falling. Miami played better defense. Yeah, and, and in the end, you I know, just I just think they really started to rely on Timmy Allen, you know, like they did last year more so than anything. They just went back to him, and as I said, it was like a it was like a dark hole. The ball went in there, and it never came out. And he wasn't hitting every shot. He was good in the first half, but he wasn't he wasn't scoring in that second half, and that hurt him. The ball never came back out to the perimeter. You know, well, twenty-eight free throws made for Miami uh, versus fifteen taken for Texas. I mean, that's almost double. I mean, we always know that stat that if you if you make more free throws than your opponent shoots, you're going to be in a good place. And I mean, Miami made almost double the, the amount of free throws the Longhorns even took in the game. Uh, Texas was ten for fifteen. Uh, and yes, there's some officiating conversations we can have, but in the end, they were the more aggressive team. Yes, and they were um, getting the calls. They were going to the basket. Uh, they were attacking the Longhorns. Um, and Texas was settling for outside shots, and they didn't have an interior presence. Uh, and, and look, I, I asked if, if Jabari Rice was nicked up a little bit at the end because it felt like he wasn't uh, involved as, as, you, as much as you would like to see him. I was told he was not. Marcus Carr, of course, took the Charlie horse uh, on that collision. Um, yeah, and then it took him mid- six points later before they changed up and put Rice on that kid. Yeah. It was uh, it was a struggle uh, defensively, and look, that's what Jordan Miller is, right? He's six seven. Man, uh, he's an attacking guard who can, can present problems. And look, this Miami team was in the Elite Eight a year ago uh, in this very same spot, and they lost to Kansas, who went on to win the national championship. So this was a veteran team that had been to this point and understood it before. Texas, first time they've been this far in a long time. Uh, did they? Did, did, was that part of this yesterday? I just think this was bad luck for Texas that uh, you were without Dylan DeSue when you needed him most. Um, you're able to get through the uh, the Friday game without him, um, but but this one you needed that interior presence, as you've said, both for scoring and for rebounding, uh, the ability to protect the rim and the ability to uh, to prevent those offensive rebounds, which were critical down the stretch. Yeah, I of the mean, game. Christian Bishop is not a rebound; he's not a protector of the rim. No, uh, Dylan DeSue has come on and become that here. But Christian in this had final a really nice weeks. game against Xavier. I mean, he really some backdoor stuff. Yeah, some rebounding against that team, but this was a different type of team. Their guards were big and athletic and ready to go to the boards, and they did in the second half when they what, had to come back. Was that a Big 12 officiating team? I don't know what the officiating I crew I saw were. CB tweet something about that. Yeah. It was, wouldn't um, surprise me. Well, look, the number of fouls was outrageous in the second half, but at the same time, you know, Miami got it into the type of game they wanted it. Texas went cold. Um, and they went in the low post for a guy who's not a low post player. And, you know, Texas wasn't attacking the way Miami was. But yeah, there were there were a lot of fouls called in the second half versus the uh, the the first one. Um, the over the back reversal, obviously the biggest at the end on Brock Brock Cunningham. That's. Do you think? Do you think? Well, look, I went on back and forth on Twitter. I, I I feel like he was boxing him out, and the kid jumped uh, as he was boxing out, and so he, he slid underneath him. Uh, I I didn't like the reversal in that moment. That was a critical moment of the basketball game. 
Um, you know, it was in that moment that was that was you know, Texas gets the ball there. They've got a chance to win the basketball game, even though they they had been dominated for the last you know ten minutes of the half. Uh, they had a chance to win that game, and that call was critical. Uh, the officials ruled that he undercut the the uh, the defender, the offensive player in that moment, and it looks to me like Brock Cunningham was boxing out. But in the end, he slid back under him, which but he was called. airborne. That's what got him. Yeah, but he began the box out in good position, and then the guy jumps, and you know that leads to the undercut. There's a physics element there that you know I'm gonna I'm leaning on you. You jump, and now I'm gonna cut under you. Um, you know that 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 was that was questionable. Uh, I think it's fair to say, but in the end, the officials went the other way, and that was bad. And then, the, then the Marcus Carr turnover at the other end, um, they needed to get a better look than that, and uh, that really ended the game. A lot of credit to Miami. I think they 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 stared it down and uh, sitting 13 points down with 14 minutes to go, 12 points down with 10, 14 Boy, to this go group and a half. Miami seemed like they were in that kind of battle every game, yeah. getting to the Final Four well, every time they, they played. What they did to Houston on Friday night was yeah. was even maybe more impressive, I thought, because Houston is. Such a physical and athletic team, and they were they went through them with 89 points and only had six turnovers. Uh, Jim Laranega is a really, really good coach. Remember, he took George Mason uh, back in the day, back yeah. in the day to the Final Four, and now he's he's got Miami to the Final Four. And um, you know, coming out of the ACC as a five seed, maybe a little under underseeded and underappreciated, but that team that team can play. And uh, the Longhorns found it out at the worst possible time. You know, that first 30 minutes, the Longhorns. This is what the way they've been playing. That confidence. Uh, but it felt like the, you know, maybe it was the Marcus Carr injury. I don't know what happened. But at one point in that, you know, midway point of the half, the Longhorns just kind of, they lost their 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 edge, that 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 confident swagger that they'd been playing with. And it was Miami that began to play with that. They ratcheted up their defensive intensity. intensity. Uh, they got after Texas, and the Longhorns, I didn't think, re- responded very well. That's where— Yeah, I just don't know why Christian Bishop went out of the game for, for a, a stretch. Was the fact, was he just not physical enough? Under there, did they feel like they could just play small, real small, and 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 take care of the boards? As I said, Texas still, I think, out rebounded that group. It just didn't seem that way late in the game, you know. Yeah, Texas had twenty five rebounds to uh, to Miami's twenty three. Huh. Uh, you know, offensive rebounds. Miami just had four uh, in the game, but yeah, they were they came at critical moments. It yeah. felt like in that spot, uh, but yeah, Texas. It, it was a very even game. I mean, gosh. Uh, I'm talking about the you know 33 to 14 in the last 10 minutes is a lot, but the Longhorns had dominated the first you know 30 minutes of the basketball game. And um, but Rice had so many clean open shots, and they didn't. It didn't seem like they set him up for very many in the second half. He str- he struggled a little bit in the second half. Well, they all struggled in the second half because Miami was as you said they were getting the corner defensively and getting down into the paint and get to the free throw line. They were making they, tough shots though. where they didn't miss. Yeah. Well, look, I mean. Uh, you you didn't have I think at this point one of your two best players in Dylan Dessou. Uh Tyrese Hunter did not play a good game uh, in this game in this spot. Uh, he, Which he did he, on Friday. He was great, awesome. Played great, but he played 37 minutes, scored nine points, and was one for six from three. Uh, so Tyrese did not have his best game. He had some turnovers too, three of them. You know he and he and Marcus Carr both had had some turnovers late that were critical. Timmy Allen had three turnovers late. You know, the Longhorns only had 13 turnovers, which seems like a low turnover night, but eight of them came in the second oh, half. Yeah. So as the, the three-pointers stopped going in, seven in the start first half, just three the in the second, you start giving the ball away, which led, allows them to get their get out in their, their break and, uh, you know, take advantage of you. You know, you got 15 out of Jabari Rice. You got 17 out of Marcus Carr. But, again, I didn't feel like he was the same once he took that big Charlie no. horse. And, um, you know, he especially on defense, they took advantage of that. And I'll just give advantage, to, you know, credit to Miami. They... They kept attacking. Uh, they kept attacking the rim, attacking the paint. 
And, uh, the and they attacked Martin's car, too. Yeah. Because Texas, look, I mean, in this tournament, has done a great job taking away three-pointers from teams, right? They they did it to Colgate. They did it to— uh, They had great feet throughout the tournament. To, yeah, to— uh, you know, Penn State, a good three-point shooting team. Xavier has one of the most efficient offenses in the country, and the Longhorns just dismantled them on the defensive end of the floor. And I've had that number all year long. The Longhorns are 27-0 and this year when they hold opponents under 73 points. Uh, in games in which the opponent scores 73 or more, the Longhorns are 2-9. Are 2-9, and, nine. Two and, nine and the ninth being last night, that the Longhorns allowed 80, 88 points in a basketball game. And in games this year, when they give up over 75, is kind of that magic number for them. If they give give up over that, they're not going to win the game most of the time. If they keep it under it, they could. And it felt like for 30 minutes they were going to keep yeah, and, a high-scoring Miami team and nobody, under that number. Nobody's a nobody's a good defender when you give up that shoulder towards the basket. And the, and they did in the second half. They weren't in front of their man. They were they were more giving up giving up the corner. And Miami took advantage of it because their guys were strong. They were physical going to the going to the, and there's no presence in there to stop them from going to the rack either. Yeah, and the ones they missed, they followed them up. I just look uh, at some point you have to make Jordan Miller shoot the ball uh, and, and make a, a jump shot. Uh, that that's questionable. And if you got in the paint, the you, you would shoot a little turnaround. Yeah, but and they're in, deep. I mean, that's a guy that you got to make shoot the basketball. That's got to be your scouting report. And the Longhorns couldn't keep in front of him, uh, and he killed you. He didn't miss a shot on the night. He was you know perfect from the floor and made all thirteen of his free throws. Uh, so credit to him. They made twenty eight of thirty two from the foul line. And again, I just, I just, my sense down the stretch is when you really needed Dylan to sue, you didn't have him. No, and that's unfortunate. That's not an excuse. It just is. Uh, they, you know, Timmy Allen was back in that role, and he did not have a, a good final ten minutes. I mean, in the end, he and uh, no, it was the like I said, it was the dark hole when it went inside to him. It never came back out. And that would have likely been, you know, when you when you're when you're going to Dylan to sue. What we saw last week, uh, the ability to create shots, yep. shoot over top of people. Uh, and, and have that soft touch, and also be a rim protector the other way. Didn't have it. That's just, I mean, that's that's bad, bad luck, man. When you get to this point, every possession is magnified, every mistake is magnified, and obviously not having one of your best players in, in a crucial spot against a an undersized front line of Miami, Dylan DeSue would have been a big, big factor in this basketball game, and you just didn't have him. And obviously it'll be the what-if situation, because if you can win this game, you're going to Houston where you'd be the highest-seeded team a lot of friendly faces down there and a big home crowd potentially, you know, with the teams like UConn and San Diego State. And, uh, now you've and got to work to Florida find Atlantic. This group has to find a big man somewhere, somehow. Yeah. Eventually, and they're well, I mean, recruiting well, the portal or whatever. They've got to find one of those 6'11. I mean, first thing first, guys, as I so. said, the, the, I've been, you know, Chip, Chip Brown over at Horns 24 7 has the report that Rodney Terry will be offered the job. That's not a big surprise. Uh, I've heard from the, the same thing from some couple of folks that, you know, coming back, they're going to sit with Rodney and offer him the position. That obviously has to, to happen. Uh, and the official announcement could come as soon as tomorrow. Uh, but Rodney Terry will be offered the head coaching job at the University of Texas. And at that point, you know, we, I think Rodney Terry will accept the job. They'll work out financial terms. And it's, you know, this roster is going to look completely different uh, next year. The coaching staff will likely stay mostly intact. But we'll talk about the what-ifs. We'll take your thoughts on the game itself. Longhorns outscored 51-36 to in the second half. Uh, can't understate the, uh, the loss of Dylan DeSue in this game. Uh, Texas launched 25 threes. Uh, they stopped dropping in the second half. They made, as we said, seven in the first half, just three. Yeah, and some weird turnovers at the end, too. Yeah, and the turnovers down the stretch were, were critical. We'll take your thoughts on it. Longhorn season comes to an end. Also, the rest of an incredibly busy weekend uh, with your brackets, with the golf, with the racing. You're out of Coda. Were you not there, T.Y.? 
No, I uh, I was up here running the, oh, the race pregame show. Okay. With Rodney, Bobby, and Stu. Okay, so we'll talk some racing. We'll talk some baseball. How about the Longhorn baseball team? 14 in a row now, 3-0 and in Big 12 play. What a weekend they had over at the Dish. So we have a lot to do. Craig Way has his report coming. we got some facts of the day. We're busting your brackets. It's b and on a Monday. Hope you had a great weekend. Longhorns had a good one until uh, the 10-minute mark of the second half yesterday. And uh, Miami took over the basketball game. Horns season comes to a disappointing end. And we're talking about it with you. Uh, would tell you, with 10-12 to go in the ballgame, the Longhorns were up 67-55. to They're up 12 with 10-14 to go in, this, in, the, in the game with a trip to the Final Four on the line. And you're thinking, man, this team is just playing lights-out basketball. They're going to pull this thing off. Without Dylan DeSue, they just dismantled Xavier on Friday night. Uh, and their offensive efficiency, they just out-athleted Xavier in a bad way. And they were doing the same thing to Miami for 30 minutes. And you're thinking, this is, this is a Cinderella story for sure. And uh, obviously, things fell apart from there. Longhorns do not finish. It was Miami that finished. And they had been in the same spot one year ago. Uh, they were in the Elite Eight where they lost to the eventual champions, Kansas. And uh, they were the ones that rose up and made big plays down the stretch. Uh, people talking officiating and that conversation as well. I just felt like Miami was the more aggressive team, uh, the more attacking team in the final 10 minutes of the game. And the Longhorns were not. And No, uh, you're up your game 13. You should be winning that game in the second half somehow, some way. Is it my fault for buying Final Four tickets at halftime? You Probably. did that? You did that. You've seen Miami in these games and how these dog fights Holy they've been into. It wasn't my decision. But time yes. out, time oh, no. out, time it's out. It's your out, fault. Out, it is totally out. your fault. It's now now we know where it all came yes, from. Yes, that's the jinx. There it is. And I'm sure you're not the only one who began looking up the price tags and hotel rooms in Houston for the Final Four uh, halfway through the second half. Because, well, look, why wouldn't you? They, this is, they, were, they were mowing through this team. And you're thinking, golly, because remember, Miami got off to, what, a 9-2 to start? I mean, it was it was seven nothing Miami, and then nine to two, and you're thinking, oh geez, uh, but the Longhorns just took over the basketball game, and uh, they were knocking, they were just playing with such confidence and such uh, just such a flow and a rhythm. Much like they were we getting saw every Friday rebound. E. They were getting yeah. their, their little guys were getting the rebounds. It was it was a again even this even without Dylan DeSue, you're thinking this thing's going to happen, and um, obviously Miami ratcheted up. I felt like if you want to criticize, you know, the, the coaching because coaching gets magnified in these moments too, and Rodney Terry's done a phenomenal job. All the way to this point, from that that ten minute mark, you know they 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 take a timeout, a TV timeout uh, after you know every four minutes, right? So uh, sixteen, twelve, eight. So at the eight minute mark, whenever there's a timeout after after eight, the eight minute mark, there's going to be a timeout, right? And I think it felt like to me like Rodney Terry was kind of playing for that eight minute mark because you could feel Miami at about ten fourteen to go, starting to to, to push the energy. And yeah, when that lead got down to eight, it started getting a little well, scary. And if you think about it, from that ten fourteen mark when it was twelve, uh, by nine forty four it was down to eight, and then here you're approaching that eight minute mark. And you're if you get a timeout under eight, you get a timeout. You have to use one. And gosh, by the time there was a timeout called, Buck, the game was down to two points. Uh, it could, because it went all the way down to the six minute mark, and then it was seventy two seventy at six eleven, and that's when you got to the timeout or just below that under the TV timeout. Felt like the Longhorns waited too long on that, and um, should have probably called a timeout to, to gather themselves because we've seen Rodney Terry do that in this run where he'll call a timeout, bring everybody together, calm everything down, and they they make the proper adjustments. This one they did not, 
and uh, it was Miami that that you know once they got thing, that thing back down to to the two to four oh, yeah. point game, it was just attack could, mode for them. Yeah, you could feed, feel the momentum. You feel they were going to the basket every time they got it, and it felt like. Um, you know, Jim Laranega kind of got his groove going uh, with how they wanted to attack Texas. The Marcus Carr, Charlie Horse injury, dead leg injury really affected him, I felt like. And, you know, the Longhorns just didn't have great possessions, you know, down the stretch. And, uh, you know, who wanted the ball? That's where I felt like that's those, those that magnified the loss of Dylan DeSue because it would have been so great to be able to spread the floor, you know, kick the ball into to Dylan DeSue where he would have had a height advantage and an opportunity to make some things happen in the in the low post, which he'd been doing so well through the Big 12 tournament and in this tournament didn't have them and so your option became either Marcus Carr or or Timmy Allen and Timmy Allen did not have a great final eight minutes nor did Marcus Carr nor did Tyrese Hunter um, and really Jabari Rice was not a factor uh, down the no, stretch they didn't for the find him, they didn't find a way to get him the ball he didn't come off the screen see you know he became you know he had to become a defender because Marcus Carr couldn't defend anymore and that's going to be the question for, for Rodney Terry and the staff moving forward is or about this game, right, the autopsy of this game. How did we play such good defense for 30 minutes and hold that team to 55 points? And then in the last 10 minutes of the game, they scored 33 points. I mean, that is a lot. And uh, that was just – they ratcheted up and um, you know took it to Texas, and the Longhorns didn't respond very well, I didn't feel like. The officials, obviously, will be talked about. The Brock Cunningham call uh, and the undercut versus box out can be had. But in the end, the more aggressive team – you know, and the more attacking team won the basketball game. Yeah, the group that went to the free throw line and went through the paint with nobody to defend them in the paint. That's the more, the more aggressive team. And they went to that free throw line. 32 and, times. And made their free throws. They made 28 of them. Wow. And it said the Longhorns only attempted 15 uh, free throws in the whole night. They made 28. So that's credit to Jim Laranega and his team. And, you know, that's that's you know Texas has known that as a team and as a coaching staff that they had this game in control. And uh, they allowed Miami to come take it from them. Um, and they ex- they out-executed Texas down the stretch. That has been a staple of this Longhorn team, really, in this run. Uh, just making the right basketball play, the right basketball move at the right, at the right time. And uh, yesterday, it did not happen in that spot. This says, geez, T.Y., you, you jinxed it. Did you actually buy them? Yeah. Oh, my dad. He texted me. I think it's my dad's fault. But he was down in the Bahamas in a casino feeling himself. Feeling it. Yeah, that was a that was a and it happened so quickly. I know Longhorn fans are just thinking, "Oh, geez, what happened?" Because again, it was a 12, 12 point lead with ten to go, and then by the five minute mark, Miami had the lead. I mean, it happened in like five minutes. It was it was really a quick turnaround and turn of the game. And then uh, they once they took that lead, they just you just felt like they had all the momentum, and they 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 ran through the tape. But Rodney Terry's going to get this job. Uh, with people asking uh, what's going to this roster going to look like next year? That's that's a very fair question, and. Uh, you know, it's going to look different because we know this. There, there are players who will not be back. They're out of eligibility completely. Uh, Marcus Carr, Serge Jabari Rice, Timmy Allen, Christian Bishop, their careers are over. Um, there are players that we expect to be back. Brock Cunningham has already said he'll be back. There's also a young guy named Alex Anamekwe. Uh, he'll be back for the Longhorns. Uh, guys who are eligible to return, remember, it's it's transfer season. Tyrese Hunter, you know, will have a decision to make if he's going to, you know, go try to be a pro or – Come back to the Longhorns. Dylan DeSue can return, which you feel like could be a really big piece of what they do. Tyrese Hunter could be, too. Arterio Morris, Dylan Mitchell, and Rowan Brumbaugh were freshmen on this team. They're expected back, but obviously it's, you know, transfer portal. Uh, they So that, that, that's, you know, five players plus Cunningham and Anna Mekway would make it uh, seven. They also have two five-star prospects signed. 
uh, to roll in here in, in Ronald Holland, the forward out of the Metroplex, and then the point guard, A.J. Johnson from Los Angeles, California. So, I mean, that positively you're looking at nine players that you, you can maybe rely on. But obviously we don't know about Tyrese Hunter, Dylan DeSue, Arterio Morris, Dylan Mitchell, and Rowan Brumbaugh. I uh, feel pretty good that uh, Cunningham and Anna McWay will be back. But, you know, that's that's what Rodney Terry will deal with. But, uh, you know, credit to Rodney uh, for running this thing to where they got. I mean, it just it just felt like it was going to happen, and then the, the floor fell out. Yeah, that was uh, a fine season turned sour at the at the end because a 13-point lead, I thought, in the second half, going into, going after halftime, he was going to get it done. And I, and I should have known better because I had watched that Miami team the way they played against Houston and the way they got themselves back, the, the physicality of the team, the physicality of their guard play. And they don't have a big, big man, but they have a big, they have a pre, a big presence that was in the middle. That kid was rebounding his ass off. Yeah, they're a tough team. I mean, they're they're obviously headed to the Final Four. And, and without you know, Dylan DeSue in there, just to be in the middle. Yeah, that I mean, you can't understate that. I yeah, mean, that there's was no doubt. Massive. Yeah, Christian um, Bishop is not the same. That size size matters. It, it did. does. I mean, and it I mattered thought Christian in that game. played well in the first. Half. It just the whole team didn't play. But he good disappeared. They didn't right. play him. He didn't play. He didn't get in the game. There was a stretch where he was on the bench, and I'm like, you probably need some kind of presence in there. I mean, because he was getting a lot of you know on Friday he was getting those little back doors over the top. You know, I thought they did a good job. You know, with Mitchell, he was he was getting you know some some over the top. You know, getting to the rim, but it just. It was it just, all breaks, no gas, last 10 minutes. It, it was, was. kind of, yeah, it was. He played 23 minutes, Christian Bishop, scored seven points. But, yeah, most of those it's came almost in the like first they, I felt like they were trying to milk this clock. They Why were. are they trying to milk this clock? Don't worry about the clock. Just keep playing. Because the other group is going to keep playing, and they're going to go to the free throw line. Uh, all breaks, no gas in the last 10 Well, and that's that was just such a flip, too, because they were playing so confidently, uh, just so aggressively, just, you know, the way they tore apart Xavier Xavier on Friday night. And then ran through Miami for the first thirty minutes. You're just like, well, this team is this this is good. You've seen this team play uh, and this program play in a long, long time. This, this thing is on all gas, no breaks. And yeah, um, that ten minute mark, it just flipped. It completely flipped, and Miami became the aggressors. And and that leads to I thought two guys that had the ball late in the game that I was worried about: Brock Cunningham having the ball way too late in the game, and Timmy Allen because they went back to that. We're going to depend on Timmy Allen in the post to get the fouls. You know, they, they got him in the first half, but in the second half when it went in, it just never came out. Yeah, three big turnovers down the stretch for, yeah. for Timmy Allen. Marcus Carr had, uh, a, you know. Brock had a few shots that he, couldn't fin- he didn't finish. I mean, just think about what we're saying right here. I mean, your, your, your lead guys in the right. biggest of moments didn't play well. I mean, Timmy Allen didn't have a good final eight minutes, nor did Tyrese Hunter, um, you know, nor did Marcus Carr after the injury. So, you know, those are your guys. That's who you're going to rely on in these big moments. And obviously it, it wasn't uh, – wasn't tremendous for the Longhorns down no. the stretch. So yes, pr- different. And, and and you know the what if game will be out there. What if you know should should Rodney Terry have gone to some zone uh, late in that game because they couldn't stay in front of uh, of Jordan Miller and the uh, Miami guards. They couldn't stop the dribble drive penetration that was. And just they weren't hitting them. threes. Remember they 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 crushed Houston with a bunch of threes. Right. And in this game they were in attack mode. And yeah. um, that's you know that's a fair question. Should they have gone to some zones? You know, do something. To slow that down because obviously they couldn't stay ahead of it and stay in front of Kylie uh, of uh, Isaiah Wong. I mean, this texter brings up a good point that they didn't. Miami didn't make a field goal in the last five minutes. No, it's all free throws. All free throws, and uh, that's that, what happens when you get in the double bonus with like seven minutes left. Yeah, there were a lot of there were a lot of fouls early in that second half that well, got and, him to the bonus. Well, and you give Jim Laranaga a lot of credit. He You're understood right. that and said, you know what, 
they can't stay in front of us. We're just going to no, go to they, the basket. Absolutely couldn't. When they played some of their worst defensive games, they weren't in front of guys. They were giving them the shoulder, and they gave it to them lady, and they took it. All right, we'll talk the good, the bad, and the ugly from that game, your brackets, and the weekend that was. Uh, well, we nearly had Rory McIlroy head-to-head with, with Scotty Scheffler for the Dell Match Play Championship, but uh, uh, that turned the other way pretty quickly as well. We'll talk about that in the golf. Also, the NASCAR weekend, the Texas baseball weekend was one to hang your hat on. They sweep three from Texas Tech, and they're on a 14-game win streak for David Pierce. So a lot of good, some bad, and yeah, the last 10 minutes for the Longhorns, ugly at uh, Kansas City yesterday. We're talking about it with you first. Here's Craig Way. It's Bucky and Aaron. B&E on a Monday. Ty Henderson is here as well. And uh, recapping the weekend, Longhorns season comes to an end on the basketball side. Uh, you probably need to, to keep this in mind when you were talking about the Texas game at halftime. You realize Miami, the Hurricanes, w- shot 54% or 64% from the floor in the first half, but they were down eight. I mean, they were shooting well. I mean, they were, this is an efficient offense that Jim Laranagan and Miami run and, they run, and they, you know, credit them. They went through the one seed, the two seed, and the four seed in that, that bracket to get themselves to Houston, and uh, uh, they beat Texas yesterday in that, that final 10 minutes. But, yeah, they were shooting 64% in the first half and down eight because Texas was playing and shooting the ball so well and moving the basketball and knocking things down. Seven of uh, 12 from three in the first half, uh, just kind of picking up where they were on Friday, on Friday night. night. Yeah. yeah, and it's just like, geez, this team is playing with uh, with all kinds of confidence. And, obviously, um, Miami kept playing, kept attacking, kept making adjustments, and in the end, they were too much for the Longhorns uh, down the stretch. But um, uh, they are into the Final Four, and it's a Final Four unlike we've ever seen before. And we've never had a Final Four without a, a three-seat or higher that makes it all the way to the to the last weekend. Uh, there's a four-seat in UConn. That, that yeah, it looks, looks like UConn's to lose. There's a five-seat in Miami. Obviously, they'll hook up in one national semifinal. And then San Diego State, a five-seat who Ty Henderson gave you way back at the start of this whole thing. And when you dig into the San Diego State team, they're the first Mountain West team ever to make it to the Final Four. They've got seven seniors and two juniors in their nine-man rotation. They're Does that group have enough offense? I, I know they play, they play maniac defense. They do. Um, you know, and they're going to be up against the Cinderella in Florida Atlantic, the nine-seed who took out K-State. Um, and uh, we'll play some audio for you coming up in our coach's corner. Jerome Tang, the head coach of the K-State Wildcats, going into the Florida Atlantic locker room and congratulating them and Talking about they're the toughest team we've had to play this year, and good luck. And uh, so it's a it's a final four that's, you know, you know, as far as TV ratings go and interest, and man, got to be there to see this. And that's going to be questioned this week because there's really not a marquee name, there's not a a marquee player, and you're talking about a four seed, two fives, and a nine, uh, and none of the teams are you know blue bloods. UConn would be the the biggest name. They've won there. a few national championships. They have, um, but you know it's it's that year, right? It's transfer sure. portal. It's uh, veteran teams. You know, Texas had one. Miami had a team that was in the, in the Elite Eight a year ago and brought everybody back. Uh, so they're an experienced ball club, obviously. And uh, it's, it's a, again, a Final Four like we've never seen before <laughs> in, in, in the men's side, in the men's tournament. And it's been a tournament unlike we've ever seen before. With, uh, well, there's with some the, of the upsets. And it just it goes to the, uh, to the conversation that the number one – remember the number one team changed hands more times than ever in the AP poll era this year? Where there were you know, so many, there wasn't a great team. We knew that, and so the difference between the number one team and the number thirty-five team 
isn't all that different. I mean, as far as talent goes, and it's going to come down to who makes plays late and who gets a couple of breaks. And, you know, the Longhorns losing one of their key cogs and key players to a bone bruise in Dylan DeSue became kind of a derailing and deciding factor for them. They, yeah, they needed I, him yesterday and didn't have him. And I don't like to blame officiating when it comes to whether whatever sport it is. That Those aren't the key things that lose you the game. You lose the game. But there are way too many traveling and guys moving their pivot foot. I was like, come on, man. That's a travel. Yeah, that I can. <laughs> I mean, throughout throughout the throughout the weekend, if you watch games, guys are traveling all over the place. They move their pivot foot. They slide it across the floor, and nobody calls it. Yeah, I mean, I there's too you. many of those really weird. I, I don't. I, it's hard for me to judge the guys going to the hoop. Sometimes I don't mind letting them play. You know, you get a little physical, get some guys over over the top guys on somebody's arm. That is just to me. Those are calls that are tough calls. But when guys just the basic rules of it, you know, keeping your pivot foot planted, but guys moving their pivot foot, that's like a travel. You can't – how do you miss those things? I don't care what part of the game it is, they're travels. Yeah, I mean, the officiating will be questioned, and in the end, you know, the Longhorns were called for 18 fouls in the second half. 18. Uh, they were in the bonus. And, and look, that's that's Jim Laranega making a great adjustment, saying, oh, let's yeah. just attack this team. Yeah, they're let's, not defending like they, they have been. And we need and, – and again, if you're Jim Laranega, you're you're in the – you're at halftime saying, guys, we're shooting 64%, uh, and we're down eight points. We're okay. We just have to keep playing. And they did. And um, look, uh, the, the call with Brock Cunningham and the undercutting and the boxing out question, uh, I, what I question is how do you reverse it? If you called it one thing in real time, was it an original call on the yeah, other the original yes. call was and on, he would have fouled out. Right. The original – that was a huge play. Now, I heard him say it on there, but did they? Did the officials originally call it on yeah, the other they guy? Yeah, re- they reversed the call uh, after consultation with one another or whatever. That, was, that would be my question. In real time, if you call it a foul on the Miami player over sure. the back, uh, you know, how do you overrule that? I mean, I, I guess I, I understand what they called. The Brock Cunningham undercut the player, and that's a, it's an injury risk when a player's in the air and you cut under his legs. But – from my view, Rock Cunningham was didn't see him. He was boxing him out and doing his job. And as the player jumped, obviously physics is going to dictate that he's going to slide under him because he was going to be leaning on him and he thought he was he'd have a body behind him. And the body jumped. And um, you know, so but again, the original call was the fifth foul on the Miami player and would have fouled him out and it would have been Texas ball. That was a huge possession in the basketball game at a huge moment in the basketball game. Uh, I don't know how you reverse that. Uh, I again, if you had called it. You know, on Brock Cunningham to begin with, okay. But the fact you reversed it, I didn't uh, think that was good officiating in that spot, and it be, obviously became a critical uh, call that went against Texas. But let's be honest, though. In the end, Miami was the better team down the stretch. The Miami was the more attacking team down the stretch. Texas and their best players did not play well in the biggest moment. Somebody texted us and said that uh, uh, it felt like Texas stopped focusing on basketball and started worrying about winning. I think that's a good way to put it, that for the first time in this tournament, really since the Big 12 tournament, that it felt like the Longhorns were just playing like with we blinders We need to get to on. the Final Four. We need to get to the Final yeah, they Four. They were just, yeah. just playing the game. They were playing every possession. They were, they were you know, it, they looked like a well-coached, uh, just well-oiled machine that, that had prepared for the game. And in this moment, for 30, for this game, for 30 minutes, they looked like that again. And then for 10, that's a good way to put it, that they started to worry about winning. They stopped focusing on what built them the lead, and they started worrying about um, you know, we know what's the pressure. Hey, we're about to get to the Final Four here, and their best players didn't play great down the stretch, and they didn't have Dylan DeSue as one of their best players, and that obviously played an impact in the basketball game. And the season ends for the Longhorns, uh, not in Houston. And what a story it would have been! They would have been the highest seeded team there. 
They would have been, I've been told that they believe there was the confidence that Dylan DeSue would have been able to go uh, with another week to re- recuperate. Oh, yeah. And what a lift that would have been. But um, obviously. Got to get them one at a time. They did uh, not. One half at a time. Yeah, they, they only had 13 turnovers, but eight of them came in the second half. And um, they came at critical, critical moments of the basketball game. Uh, sloppy with the ball. And, yeah, the three stopped going in. You make seven threes in the first half, just three in the second. You know, they double you up on free throws made versus free throws you took. And that would tell you the story of the basketball game in my mind. But uh, we'll talk about it with you. I get your thoughts on the golf buck as well. Uh, also, Ty was dig deep into the NASCAR and the Circuit of the Americas where – Michael Jordan's racing team got him a win out of Coda. Oh, yeah, 23-11 racing was the winner. We'll get you details there. Longhorn baseball team pulled off a sweep. So did the softball team. We're recapping all of it with you on a good, bad, and ugly Monday. Glad you're with us. Hope you had a great weekend and are ready for a great week. It's B&E on 104.9, 1019, AM 1260. Streaming always on your Horn app, on your smart speaker, and at hornfm.com.